0: Quite a bit of information on the news services, of course, about the comet or COP, sorry, comet COP28 summit that recently started in Dubai. Let's talk about this now, right, uh, right now, with John Curtin, distinguished professor, Mr. Peter Newman from the Curtin University Sustainability Policy Institute, and a member of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Do I wish you had a shorter title, Peter?
1: Yeah, IPCC is <laughs> enough.
0: No, you deserve every bit of it. Thank you very much for joining us today. I wonder, first off, if people aren't aware, and I'm probably one of them, what's the role of the summit?
1: Well, it comes... They've had uh, had 28 of these, so they go back away, and it was an idea to try and get the the various nation-states to report back on how well they're doing on... The, uh, the kind of reports that IPCC were doing back to the 1990s. But since the Paris Agreement, which everybody agreed to, it's very much about how they can increase their commitments uh, from that original commitment they made, which is now five years ago, and uh, it's about how they could actually help get better at doing what the world needs, which is phasing out fossil fuels.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. Has it reached a point now where things are getting worse that they are trying to put the pressure on the oil and gas companies and the countries that rely on them to show a real commitment to the fight against climate change?
1: Well, it's certainly a combination of getting better and getting worse. The getting better is that renewables is taking off worldwide. It is just extraordinary, the growth that's happening way faster than anyone expected. And that's driven as much as anything by the fact that it's now cheaper to do this. So the world of finance is cashing in saying, we want you to do this because this is the best way to save money. Mm. Uh, What's worse is that the... Oil and gas companies are getting away with blue murder, essentially by saying they are part of the solution, not part of the problem. Oh, okay, They're not admitting it. Yeah, mm. but they are signing up. Woodside, in fact, signed up today for what's called the COP28 Oil and Gas Decarbonisation Charter. Mm. Now, that's uh, that obviously has got. Holes big enough for companies to to drive through and keep on producing more oil and gas from now till 2070, which yeah. they're preparing to do. Uh, as is Dubai, um, and Dubai is um, the, the oil company there is run by the guy who's the chair of this whole conference. Oh, dear, that's a bit so contradictory. It's, it's yeah. all a bit of a, mm. a clash of. Cultures that's occurring, and and the world cannot enable both of those agendas. Mm. It, it and and so Anthony Guterres started really spouting out at the start of the conference. He's the UN Secretary General. He says you cannot just talk about reduce or abating. You have to phase them out. Yeah, we can't. Save a burning planet with a fire hose of fossil fuels. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> <is> pretty clear.
0: <laughs> it's all a bit contradictory. It's all about money, though, don't you think,
1: Peter? Oh, it's about money for yeah, sure. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're making lots of money at the moment because of the Ukraine uh, business with Russia being uh, uh, you know, cutting off their oil and gas, and yeah. and all of a sudden the price took off and so anyone else who had oil and gas they could fill that gap. In fact, oil and gas are going down everywhere. They are reducing every year and that is the problem they are trying to show. But we're part of the solution. <laughs> we can, we can help you get rid of coal. Yeah. But in fact that's not happening. Coal is being removed because of solar, yeah. not because of oil and gas so
0: what do you think can happen here is there going to be a compromise i mean are people going to see through this and insist on it can it be insisted that there are change changes in place
1: yeah well in the end it's it's a political issue and uh, the interesting thing in australia is that uh, a new report came out last week called the social cohesion report which actually examines how much trust there is in government.
0: <laughs> That's and interesting. It's
1: at an all time low yeah. in Australia. It has dropped precipitously in the last few years. And the key reason given, and it was all based on surveys right across Australia, is climate change. Mm-hmm. Especially younger people no longer believe government. They they probably know that they're doing a lot on renewables. But because they keep saying we need oil and gas as well, nobody believes them.
0: Mm, it's confusing to a lot of people, that's for and, certain.
1: And yeah. yeah, and that leads to a sense of anxiety, of no trust in the future, and that translates into votes as well. It does. So the politics yeah. of it is running downhill very rapidly. And, and the, the, the federal government, the state government both of whom are supporting oil and gas, at the same time as trying to get rid of fossil fuels, uh, they aren't being believed.
0: But fossil fuels aren't going to last forever, are they, Peter?
1: Well, certainly not. That's right. uh, and certainly not. Uh, they they could last for a very long time because yeah. they're still finding these gas fields and fracking is now happening. They're trying to get fracking in the Kimberley So they'll take it down to the Pilbara and produce LNG from it and export it. Um, So it's nothing to do with gas for Australia. It's gas for selling for the woodside. Um, But but all of those things are hard for governments to say, well, we have to phase them out. Mm. Um, Some in government will agree with that. But mostly they just want to make announcements about the good side. Yeah, of course. The bad side will go away. Yeah, Peter,
0: what are the implica- oh. what, what are the implications for countries reliant on oil and gas exports?
1: Um, well, it's interesting because Brunei is one of them and I got asked to go and speak to them and I thought, what can I possibly say? <laughs> and what I found was that there are many places in the world and companies in the world who are rapidly moving to renewables as the basis of their companies. So Orsted, the Danish oil company, they have removed all their fossil fuels and are totally renewables based and they are making more money than they did before. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Aberdeen has gone from being the oil and gas centre of Europe to being the wind power centre of Europe. You can make these transitions, but there's no sign of it. Mm, in many oil and gas companies Uh, unless they can show how they're going to phase out oil and gas yeah uh, well
0: I remember a while back talking to you Peter a couple of years ago maybe about wind you know things not working if we don't have the wind you were a bit concerned about that
1: yeah well wind is now the next big thing in Western Australia and they've they're, they're making that Uh, possible. Lots of local governments setting up their decision making processes to allow wind farms Um, and in the south that's happening because that's where there's a lot of wind. We've got wind already in the Geraldton area yeah. but there's a lot more and the mining companies are going for that as well as the solar Um, so we will have a lot of wind um, but solar is the cheapest
0: yeah, seemingly yeah. so much, and everyone's so embraced that, haven't they? Domestically,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right, and and it's happening quickly. One megawatt a day in Perth uh, is going on rooftops, and if you get um, four hundred days of that that's the equivalent of a coal-fired
0: power station. Yeah, good point, yeah. Well, I, th- I think it comes back to what the profits they're making at the moment, don't you, on oil and gas, and it's very hard for everyone to be in agreement for it to happen a lot quickly, and a lot more quickly, but it has to. What, what do you think now with the summit? Uh, is it still happening at the moment, Peter?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, well, what do you think they should be doing now in, at the summit?
1: Well, I, I, they've got this debate today about the oil and gas decarbonisation charter um, and I, I think it'll be very interesting to see which places are going to say, we can't sign this because oil and gas companies are signing it and we don't believe them any longer, that they're actually doing mm-hmm. the decarbonisation that is set there. We, there is no integrity in this signing up. Um it's 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 all based on the potential for carbon capture and storage to be a realistic and commercial operation, and it's not. There is no scientific basis or commercial basis for that. And that's what they're saying they'll do. Oh, sometime in the next 30 years, you know. Yeah. Well,
0: it's not good enough. No, it's not good enough. They need you over and there, Peter.
1: It'll be an interesting day to see whether or not anything comes through on that, in that debate. Because in the end, they have to work that one out. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all going to fall apart.
0: Peter, we had a question come through from a listener, and I'm not sure quite what this means or refers to but they're asking why are countries like china able to burn whatever they like not sure about that and only the western countries working on cutting back are they talking about fires
1: yeah um look that's a myth uh china is by far the leader in renewable energy oh really there is yes they they are producing more than half of the world's renewable energy oh. now china and india are, are the big leaders uh, and they they're putting it in in very large quantities there is still the odd uh, coal fired power station that's was started 5 years ago and being completed but none of them are being turned on mm, interesting because they're not needed the no. solar is taking over
0: yeah good to see oh. isn't it? well we'll be watching with great interest and i'm sure you must keep keep awake at night wondering about what's going on and things could should change <laughs> You take it on your shoulders. I
1: I, I can't get to talk about this in Perth other than on Curtain Radio, but I am on European television each night (laughs) explaining this situation. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that's okay. Um, I I just go where I'm asked. Um, But thank you for asking me. Oh,
0: always, Peter. You level things out for us, you you make us stop and think about everything, that's for certain. (laughs) Thank you. Good on you. Thank you, Peter, very much.
1: Yeah, okay. Bye, bye, bye.
0: now. Uh, Professor Peter Newman.